Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Handling Today's Consumers in Real Estate with your host, Evan Russell broker owner of ERA Russell Realty Group. He is a 10-year licensed broker who has successfully coached and trained over 500 agents and turned his independent brokerage into a $50 million company before joining one of the top real estate franchises, ERA. Evan delivers his real-world real estate experience to you, the real estate agent. You can follow Evan on the Twitter feed at WorkWithEvan using hashtag AskEvan. For all your questions, concerns, comments, ideas, or anything else real estate related. Boys and girls, here we go. Um, listen, all I can do on these calls is take what I learned from the previous week, figure out what makes the most amount of sense, and then pass that sense on to you. So that's why these shows are called Handling Today's Consumer, and that's really what we do. Uh, we figure out what's happening in the world. Uh, we figure out what our buyers and sellers are talking, and we go back to them. Now, unfortunately, in these calls, you sometimes have to use personal examples, um, and we have to use examples of, of things that happen in the, in the market with some of our teammates. And sometimes we have to talk about specific teammates without using them by name and specific examples because those examples – and those situations are what drives coaching, right? Coaching isn't just made up crap. Coaching is here's a situation, here's what we did about it, here's what worked or didn't work, all right? So I've got, I've got four examples for you today, uh, four. And, they, and uh, unfortunately, a couple of them are from the same agent. Um, one of them is me, and then uh, one of them is, is another. So those are the four. So we've got two from one, and we've, got, um, we've actually got three from one. And we've got uh, one for me and one from the other. So um, here we go, okay? Here's what I want to talk to you first about. All right, what I want to talk to you first about is the listing price of the house, okay? Because this has come up a couple different times, both with me, both with with, uh, some agents, uh, and both with, uh, you know, a couple different agents, right, that want to get in a situation where they need to bid or, or offer a little more than what the listing price says. So, So let's talk about this. What determines the listing price, right? The seller and the buyer, they determine what house, what price the house should go on the market, okay? Who's to say that they're right? Who's to say that that's the number the house will sell at? Who's to determine that that's the right price, right? Or more importantly, what really determines the value of a home? Now, listen to this carefully. What determines the value of, of anything? If I were to sell a, uh, you know, a can of cashews, right, who, who determines what that can of cashews is worth? If I were to sell a printer, who determines what or a car? Think about cars, right? Cars have gone up from, you know, my very first Jeep Wrangler at 16000 bucks to my Jeep Wrangler today that costs 42000 bucks. 
who's to determine what that value is? So we all know the answer, right? Value is what someone's willing to pay for it, right? You could say I've got a baseball card, a Mickey Mantle rookie card that's worth 20000 bucks. Well, really good, but if no one's going to pay you 20000 bucks for it, then it's not worth 20000 bucks, right? Same with the house. If a house is on the market for seven twenty five, right, that doesn't mean that somebody's not willing to pay more. So the whole, I don't know if, you've, if you if you kind of realize this, but there are very few houses on the market that are quote-unquote overpriced. There are a couple. We have one that's overpriced. And why it's overpriced is because no one's made the call. No one's going to look at it. So how can it be priced right if you don't have any appointments? In a situation, in my first situation where the home was worth seven twenty-five, you put in an offer night of. Later on, they ask you for highest and best. You move to a situation where you offer seven forty-two, which is seventeen thousand dollars over asking price, and lose, and lose. So here's what I'll say to to that particular situation, any situation, right? I don't know. I forgot what I was going to say. What was I going to say? Damn it. Oh, if, if when we're over, if we're going over asking price, if we looked at the house and it was priced at seven twenty nine, or if we looked at the price that was priced at seven forty nine, would your buyers then still not have interest anymore? No, they don't care. Seven twenty five, seven forty nine. Really, at that price point, what's the difference? Right. So let's go to my next example, and we'll tie it together. I showed a condo at one hundred seventy thousand. And we offered over asking price. Fortunately, we won that offer. But if the condo was on the market for 175 or 179 or 185, my guys would still be interested. It's still in their price point. Who's to determine whether it's fair market or not? The seller and the listing agent put it on the put it on the market, and then the buyers are, have to determine whether they think that's fair or not. Now, if you've got now, let's talk about the bidding war at 725. There's nothing you could do when you offer $17,000 over asking price and lose. There's nothing you could do. That's just bad luck. I mean, you can't advise your clients to, to go crazy, although you could still give them the argument that if it was on the market at 749 and then they offered 17 more than that, right, which would be, what, 762 or something like that, if my math is right, is that home still worth it? Probably. There are some comps out there to support that. But then you've got the psychology that that guy spent $30,000 over asking price, and that's a little tough to swallow, even though it really doesn't mean anything because it's just a number that was on the MLS sheet. So what does it really matter, right? If it was, if it was at 749 then the guy would have put 17 over, and he would have been fine with it, right? So that's the script that you really need to tell these people. Okay, guys, we see, we see the condo at 170 At 179 are you still interested? Sure they are. At 182, are you still interested? Sure, we are. Okay, well, let's offer 182.5 on a 170, and boom, we locked it down. Okay, here's the other piece of psychology on, on the condo. Condo, we are supposed to see condo A and condo B in the same complex. Unit one, unit two, let's say. Unit one went under agreement a couple hours before we were supposed to see them. Okay, so the lady calls me and says, "Hey, got to cancel your show, and we accepted an offer." So I call my people. I said, "Hey." We're going to drive all the way up to Drakeit. Do you really only want to see one condo? The other one's off the market. Do you want to drive all the way up to Drakeit, 45 minutes in the car from North Reading, to see one condo? And I'm like, why not? I'm in the car. You're in the car. I've already canceled my, my sports for the night. Let's go up there. And sure enough, that's the one they like. Okay? Now, I say to them, the people who missed out on condo one are going to turn around and bid on condo two. 
So not only do you have to go over asking price, but, but you have the, the, the quote-unquote rejected offers that are going to move over to Condo 2 and put an offer on there because it came on the market a day later, exact same price. So you have to say to them, guys, you're going to have to go over asking price just by the situation. And we know if there's more than one offer, that one of them's at full price, right? We know that for sure. Right? You never have two, price, two offers that are below asking price. That just doesn't make common sense. So you have to, you have to go over so you have to use a script. Hey guys, if the market was if the house was on the market for 185 or 175, would you still be interested? Yes. 179? Sure. Shit, I could probably go to 190 and they'd still be interested. Right? Because I know what their budget is. Right? So 190 with a $300 association fee still was in line for them. So we agreed to go over asking price and I always want to go on an odd number, 182, 1825, 183, never do a multiple of 5. That seems to be the common logic. Always do an odd number. And in this particular case, we probably could have waived the home inspection. There's not a whole lot to see in a condo at 700 square feet, right? You can get you can get your heater and your AC serviced, and you're probably good. We didn't waive the home inspection, though. I don't I don't ever advise a first-time home buyer to do that, even though it's 400 bucks of wasted time and effort. And we know that, right? But they get the offer, okay? Now the third example is when you have a house, a condo in the market, and it's been it's been on the market for a little bit. Sellers are bought in. Sellers want to move. They can say, oh, I don't care when it sells. Like, you know, 30 days, 60 days, nines, I don't care. That's a bunch of crap. Once the sellers sign that listing agreement and they start thinking about selling, they're ready to go. They want to go. Don't tell me different. They don't want to stay home and keep decorating and cleaning a house that they're not going to live in three months from now. Right? So they get bought in. Okay? So condo and Reading, the sellers are bought in. They're ready to go. But they're ready to go at their price. Now, of course, they have equity in the house. So whether they get you know, let's just say $50, $40, or $30 a profit, they're still going to make a profit. It's a matter of what profit do they want. They bought smart, okay? So they had an offer that, that went defunct. So they dropped the price to meet the offer. Now, at the same time, the other house, another condo in the same development hit the market. So what do you do? You have an open house at the same time the other person has an open house. And what do you get? Full price offer, Right? because we're smart to take advantage of the situation and we're smart to take advantage of the other buyers that are out there and piggybacking the traffic. Okay. Those are all good things. Those are all good things. Now, when we're talking about price on the buy side, right, the point I want to make is the listing price doesn't really matter. It matters what the home buyer thinks it's worth. And same like we talk about the home sellers, if you have one comp that supports the value, you're good to offer that. Now, in Danvers, for a four-bed, two-and-a-half, you can go up to 900 probably. I mean, there's plenty of stuff in Danvers that you can comp out. It's just a matter of how much of the psychology of selling do you want to go over the quote-unquote listing price on a particular four-bed, two-house, two-and-a-half-bath brand-new house in Danvers. But you're theoretically could go up to like 800 and still probably be okay with 20% down, right? But it's hard to tell your buyers, well, hey, the listing price is 725 Let's go 775 It's hard to make that conversation. It's hard to have that conversation. Right, because it doesn't make it doesn't make sense to them. But if you say to them, listen, if the house on the market is seven forty nine, we can still appraise it at seven forty nine. Would you still be interested in seven forty nine? Well, yeah, I would. Okay, well, let's make an offer over that. All right, now that's happened a couple different times. I won't go through more, but there are several of those, of those examples that have come up in the last couple of weeks. Okay, now the last example I'll give you, the third one I'll give you, is on the listing side, right? Sellers want maximum price for the least amount of cost. And there's two examples I'm going to give you on this one. 
Now, I hate to toot this agent's horn because he's already got a big enough head and he won't walk through the door to begin with. And he knows what I'm talking about. But if you take a listing appointment in Everett, okay, they say, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, not ready, got to clean the house, not sure. And the agent says, you know what, guys, don't worry about cleaning the house. Just make it pretty, good enough to show it, and let's get it on the market. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. So what does he do? He sets him up on a property alert. Says, okay, we'll just tease you a bit. And although he's not a throat stepper, which he should be, he says, let's tease a little bit. So he says, here are some properties, guys. And what do they do? They get in the car to go out and look at some properties. And what do the sellers do? They get anxious. Oh, I really can buy something in this, in this price range. I really can improve my living situation up or down. So why don't we get this house in the market, right? So he's got a seller on the fence he's already met with. They've already tried to stall him. And he's like, nah, let's go out and look at some stuff. And let's see if we can find something you like, which will indirectly motivate them. So what do you, what do you think happened? Right? Okay, don't, I don't need to tell you. Pretty obvious what happened, right? We're putting a listing agreement together to get the house on the market because they found some stuff they may have interest in or at least have a belief that they could buy something in their price range. And what do we want? We want the listing. We want the yard sign. There are many reasons to, sell, to list a house. Only one of them is selling it. So let's take that same scenario, and we're talking about maximum price. How fast can I sell it? How much can you sell it for? And what's it going to cost me? Those are the three most important things at a listing appointment. Right? How much can you sell it for? How fast will it sell? What's it going to cost? So we go on a listing appointment at Tewksbury. Guy offers us a beer. We don't take the beer. We think to ourselves a couple weeks later, he hasn't gone back to me. Maybe we offended somebody. Maybe we did something wrong. We never really talked to price and commission. We really just kind of, you know, tried to get a, a social fit with the, the boyfriend or whatever. Just, uh, after a couple weeks of being ignored, you know, we keep at him and we say, what's up, what's up, what's up? And finally, they say, well, we're going to list with somebody else because we're getting a deal. And he says, oh, really? Well, I was going to give you this deal. I hope it's better. And the agent was like, whoa, whoa, The seller was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're going to give me that? And now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden the seller was like, well, wait a minute. I can list for the same money and play a percent less? And what do we care? We want the listing. Would you rather make 1% or no percent? Right? Let me ask you that question straight up. Would you rather make 1% of a, of a 600000 or no percent? Don't be greedy pigs. Greedy pigs are going to run out of business, right? The greedy pigs in this town are going to lose, lose out. I'm not working for 3%. Okay, fine. Guess what? You won't be working then because buyers are smart. And this particular lady only cared about the listing commission. She didn't want to know about pictures. She didn't want to know about virtual tours. She didn't want to know about Zillow, Realtor, or any of that shit. All she wanted to know was what's it going to cost her. That's all she cared about. And now I've only gotten to third-hand information. But I can tell you, doing this enough, all she cared about was a stupid listing commission, right? That's all she cared about or all she cares about. So if you don't get a point to be aggressive and say, listen, I'll work for $7,000, that's okay because I'm going to put a yard sign out and I'm going to get a reason to market. I'm going to get a reason to get buyer leads. I'm going to get a reason to put my name out there. I'm going to get a reason to send a mailer. I'm going to get a reason to advertise on Zillow. I'm going to get a reason to advertise on Facebook. It doesn't freaking matter if the house sells because I need the yard sign to promote myself. You can't promote yourself as a buyer agent. No one gives a shit. No one cares. I'll give you real talk. No one cares. They kind of care about your e-books. They kind of, and maybe they kind of want the free list of homes. That everybody, I mean, they might be getting a free list of homes from 100 different people. You don't know. Right? 
So what's the best way to market yourself? By, by a freaking yard sign. That is the best way to market yourself. Either that or parking your Jeep on front of Nans every single day for an hour and eating red meat till you get a heart, have a heart attack. <laughs> uh, that was funny. Well, Carol, that was funny, right? Yeah, that was funny. All right, guys. So, so uh, listen, sellers, how fast are you going to sell it? How much do you sell for? What's going to call for you? Buyers, they'd still be interested if the house is 185 versus 180. They'd be interested if the house is 190 versus 180. They'd still be interested. They still have. There's they're still that shortage of market. People are willing to overpay. This gentleman went $17,000 over asking price. He went. went he would have went $17,000 over asking price into almost 750. He probably would have went 17,000 to almost 755 because that's where he wanted to be, and he thought he was. He thought he was 17,000 dollars higher and lost, right? And lost. Okay. So we have to learn that script, right? We have to learn that dialogue when you're out with your buyers, guys. Would you still be interested if it was, you know, a couple thousand more? Of course you would, right? Sellers, you're, if you're in a competitive situation, the best way for you to get the listing is to work with the commission. Right? And you can't you can't buy into this, oh, you're undercutting me bullshit. Bullshit. You want the business or you want them to have the business. I always say to somebody who goes into a property that's overpriced, if you don't list it at that price, somebody else will. Right? If you don't list it at the seven eighty they want to list it for, somebody else will. Take our listing in Boxer, for example. If you don't list it at six fifty, someone else will. But you can't get a price reduction, you can't work the market, you can't have an open house, and you can't have a dialogue if you don't have the signed listing agreement. So what it's overpriced. Now we know. 30 days, no phone calls? Fine. We'll go in and we'll make a phone call. And we'll drop the price of an open house. And eventually we'll sell it, just like we do everything else that we have. Right? So don't be afraid, guys. Don't be afraid. you got to step on their throats, man. I know it's a bad analogy. But you got to be a salesperson. This is a sales job. You have to be a salesperson. And you have to, you know, know who you're talking to, what you're talking about. Right? And you've got to be confident in your decisions. You're going to be confident in guiding. You are a real estate agent. An agent is acting on behalf of a client, you know, based on what they want to do, right? Okay, guys, I'm going to bring it to a close. Hope you guys enjoyed. Um, where am I on time? I'm right on my time. So hope you guys enjoyed. Give me a call. I'll be around all day. And, uh, hey, get the throat stepping. Thank you for listening to Handling Today's Consumers in Real Estate with your host, Evan Russell. To listen to a previous episode of our HTC podcast, you can visit evanlive.com or find him in the iTunes Music Store. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.